Thanks so much for joining us online for today's message. We are always encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all across the world through what he's doing right here at Southcrest Church. So if you have a story to share, please send us an email at hello at southcrest.tv. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online so that we can continue to share these types of messages with the world. Now today's message is from our series, Couples Therapy. During this series, we're learning how we can have healthier marriages and better relationships in life. God has a bigger and better plan for our marriages and our relationships, and we want to discover what His plan is so that we can be successful and have relationships that last a lifetime. Well, good morning. Look at your neighbor and say good morning. Oh, y'all can do better than that. Say good morning. Welcome to Southcrest. We're so excited that you're here. Right now, I want to welcome uh, both of our campuses. We're actually live right now between our LaGrange campus and between our Noonan campus. So right now, if you're at our uh, Noonan campus, I want you to give our LaGrange campus a big round of applause. That's exciting. And likewise, if you're at our LaGrange campus, I want you to give us a big shout out back here at Noonan. We're so excited that you're joining us today. Let me tell you what, this has been uh, an incredible series already. I kind of feel like we're in week four. It's been so good, and it's only really been like week one. Uh, But that's okay, man. God's doing some great stuff. Let me tell you, if you're worshiping with us today in LaGrange or you're worshiping here in Noonan, God wants to do something in your life this week. I've really prayed all week long. I felt like this was the week we were going to roll in the Samsonite and we were going to open up the luggage and we were going to unpack some things, all right? So that's kind of what we're going to do over the next few moments together. But uh, the first thing I want to do is I want to review a little bit of what we learned last week. So if you weren't here last week, I'm going to get you caught up to speed. Some of you go, whoa, man, our whole church is like in therapy. That's right. We're in couples therapy. And it's really cool to be in therapy because we go to therapy because we want to get healthy. We want to get strong. We want to have great relationships. We want to have great marriages. We want to have great dating relationships. So uh, the first thing is this. Marriage is designed to make us live holy ever after, not happily ever after. And we talked about the idea that God is amazingly awesome. Like he is so other than. God, there's no other like God. And God wants us to have relationships that are like no other. The second thing we learned is this. If my heart and my mind changes, my relationships will change. And for us, we talked about the idea of setting our hearts and our minds not on earthly things, but on things that are above. And when we do, when our heart and mind changes, every relationship in our life, every relationship will change, not just our marriages. And then the third one is this. When Christ is my life, my spouse will no longer be the reason for my strife. I've heard some of you singing this all week long. You're like, yes, I can't blame my wife anymore. I can't blame my husband anymore because the issue may not really be them. The issue is God wants to change me. And the reason we're picking on marriage a lot is because marriage is one of the most intense relationships where we need therapy. And, and let me say this, it's magnified in marriage, okay? If you haven't figured this out, the person you're living with is far from perfect. I know that's shocking to some of you, okay? Some of you go, Really? I can't believe that. So uh, we've got to be, we, our goal is this. We want to have different types of relationships. And when I mean different, I don't mean like stupid. I mean like better than. I mean above average. We don't want to just be average. We want to be awesome when it comes to our relationships. So today is the fun message because today we're going to do something that you've probably never seen done in church. We're going to talk trash. Yeah, don't act like you don't talk trash. 
I saw some of you on the internet last night during college football. You can talk some trash. I mean, some good trash. The best part was after someone's team won, they were talking trash and someone else was talking trash for their team. And I thought that's kind of strange, but you know what? We are good at talking trash. So real quickly, I want you to look at your neighbor and say, let's talk trash. All right. Some of you go, we've been talking trash since we came in here, baby. I mean, I feel right at home in this church, you know, any church that will let you talk trash. And here's the thing I want you to hear today. When our hearts and minds are not in the right place, we will start talking trash. Now, some of you go, amen. Like my heart sometimes gets real bent, it gets real crooked, it gets really warped, and uh, what happens is when our hearts and our minds are not in the right place, we start talking trash to each other. And in marriage, I mean, we're good at talking trash to each other. We know how to nitpick, we know how to pull, we know how to throw the sucker punch, right? I mean, we know how to do it. We are good at talking trash to each other. So Tracy and I decided today we would bring in some trash to you guys, all right? Y'all say hello to my wife, Tracy. We want to tell you one of the most embarrassing stories. I know this is going to shock you, but I'm going to let Tracy tell it. Well, I get to tell the story about one of our first fights in marriage. Literally, we had not been married a month, and we were just raised in different homes, and neither one of us had the job to take out the trash. So we naturally brought that expectation to marriage. It was his job to do it. Right. (laughs) And he thought it was mine. So we lovingly, sweetly, and carefully stack trash, stuff trash, place trash, put trash, all in the container around the door. And I know this might be hard to imagine, but think of trash taller than me and bigger than my hair, okay? (laughs) It, It was a lot of trash. That's right. In fact, I remember at one point uh, we were sitting there and it's like we were ignoring the trash. It's like we knew it was there. We could start to smell it. And I remember we lived in this little bitty duplex, like a thousand square foot duplex. And so when it's thousand square feet, that much trash that goes this high and this wide starts to stink really bad. And so the crazy thing was it set right by our back door, which was outside of our back door was the outside trash can. It was the place where you would take your inside trash. So what we do is for about a month to six weeks, it seemed like, I mean, it seemed like forever. We walked by that trash can and it got taller and wider, taller and wider. I mean, I remember walking by every now and then and giving it a little push down, you know, thinking that somehow it was going to evaporate. But it all came to a head when I looked at Tracy one day and I said, hey, when are you going to take out the trash? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Needless to say, some trash talking ensued in our house very quickly. So, uh, you know, that was quite a moment. I mean, I remember when I said that. Have you all ever seen that movie, The Exorcist? (laughs) Where the girl's head spins around and smoke comes out the side? Okay, that doesn't do justice what happened that day in our home. Because for the first time, I realized that we all bring a set of expectations into every relationship we have. I thought it was her job to take out the trash. She thought it was my job. And it's funny because every relationship comes with a set of expectations. You say, well, are there right expectations and wrong? Yes, there are. But the truth is all expectations, whether we want to deal with it or not, 
we struggle with. And here's why we struggle with expectations. We talked about this last week. It's one of the lies of marriage. If I can clearly communicate what I expect, you should be able to meet my expectations. Okay? Some of you have still tried that theory this week. You have worked on your communication thinking, if I can just get better at communicating, he will fall in line. Okay? And uh, some of you have been married 20 years, and it's like, he's just crooked. Like, he'll never fall in line, right? And some of you are like, she'll never figure it out. We don't spend money when there's nothing in the account. Okay? Some of you are like, yes, he called it out, all right? If I can clearly communicate what I expect, we should be able to meet each other's expectations. But that's a lie. It's really a lie in any relationship because we all bring a set of expectations and we bring a set of trash and a set of baggage to every single part of every relationship. And I want to say this. In marriage, it's like way exposed. Like you can't hide your trash. Like when you're just like dating someone, you can put your trash like in the back of your car or something and she won't notice it when you're going on a date. But when you're married, it sets by the door and it starts to stink. So if you have a pen today, I want you to write this down. This is very important to what we're talking about. The first thing I want to talk to you is this. We will stop talking trash when we take out the trash in our relationships. Like I said, we sit there, we walked by it, we looked at it a thousand times, but neither of us was willing to take it out. So Paul, in the book of Colossians, turn over there to Colossians 3. Remember, during the whole series, we're going to be looking at one place in Scripture over the next couple of weeks, and we're going to roll out this idea of how we can take out the trash. But I want to tell you about Paul real quick. In this story, Paul is talking to a lot of people just like you and I. You know, sometimes when we think of Paul, we think like he walked into a church and it had like this really beautiful steeple and you open it up and there's all the people and, you know, they were all nice and neat and cute and fun and all that stuff. Uh, Paul walked into a very jacked up church and here's why. The culture was just like our culture. They had a lot of Judaism and legalism in the church and then they had a lot of Greek philosophy in the church. And it was like culture wars because everything around the people that he's talking to at the church at Colossians is people who are stuck in a culture like you and I are stuck in. There's all these weird thoughts about relationships and weird thoughts about marriage and weird thoughts about ideas and, and convictions and, and things like that. And so in the midst of this, Paul was trying to say to them, hey, listen, God wants you to have a different standard, a different type of relationship. And I want you to look at what he says in verse 5. He says these words. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Now look at this next verse. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming, and you used to walk in these ways. In other words, you used to live this way. You don't live this way anymore. You're different now. You have a different life in the life you once lived. And look at the next one. But now you must also rid yourselves. Okay, look at your neighbor and say, get rid of it. All right, that's pretty good. Get rid of it. All such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Now, by that point, I look at that list and I realize what Paul was saying more than anything else is, in our relationships, we have to learn to take out the trash. We have to learn to take out the trash. I mean, when I look at this list, I realize that there's, in this whole list, it seems so exhaustive. There are things on this list that every single one of us struggle with. Every single one of us. 
You know, it's kind of like this. Have you ever met a person they don't think their trash stinks? We have any parents of teenagers here today? You ever walked into your teenager's room and thought it smelled like feet and tacos? Yeah. I mean, that's reality, right? But your teenagers, they just live in it. They're like, hey, man, it's my place, man. It's all good. The truth is this. We all have things on this list that we struggle with. And that's what Paul was trying to say. He was saying, look at the trash list. He starts with talking about sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed. And some of you go, whoa, 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 stop right there, man. You just got me five times over. You know that word sexual immorality is where we get the word pornography from. And I want to tell you that in relationships, when someone's stuck in a cycle in their life of not taking out the trash of sexual immorality or lust or impurity, it's going to horribly, horribly keep them from relating rightly to the person that they love. Paul talks about this. I mean, we do it when it comes to the, the physical thing as guys. We look at that list and go, yeah, he called that every guy in that list. <laughs> There's not one guy in this room that doesn't struggle with lust. There's not one guy in this room that's not tempted by sexual immorality. You say, well, no one ever told me that. Now I feel better. I just thought I was the only one who struggled. The truth is we all struggle with that. We all have trash we have to deal with. And so what he's saying is we have to look at it from from a physical point of view. In other words, look at these things, sexual immorality, purity, evil desires, and greed. You know, and it's at this point in the conversation, Tracy and I talk about this a lot, that when you talk to couples about these things, usually the women are like, man, that is awesome. I'm so glad that you challenged my husband to be sexually pure. Well, I want to challenge you as women to be romantically pure. Let me tell you why. In our culture, just like pornography for men can be a visual thing, the things that you see on television related to romance can be the exact same thing. In fact, I heard a guy say one time, I really think that The Bachelor's more like romantic porn. Did he just say that? I just said that on stage. I can't believe I said that. The (laughs) The truth is, here's the truth. Anything in a relationship that can't be righteously fulfilled can be like porn in our life. The Bible says we need to get rid of it. I mean, I don't know about you. I didn't wake up today with a rose at Tracy's bedside and said... You're the one. (laughs) Out of a million people in Noonan, Georgia, (laughs) I chose you. But you know what? Our culture bends us that way to think that that's the way the real world is, and that's not the real world. And I'm not picking on The Bachelor. I'm not picking on anything. I'm not coming back to that church. He's picking on my shows. Listen, set your DVR up. I don't care, okay? I'm just trying to say it for what it is. Paul says, until we learn to take these things out, we may have a messed up expectation. You see, here's the truth. All sin in our lives, all trash in our lives, is based on the idea of putting my own desires or my own expectations above God's desires. And until we learn to deal with that, we're going to struggle with that. So I want to say to you today, if you're engaged in these things, you're, you're going you're to be challenged by it. So I want you to look at this today. In relationships and in marriage, 
I have to be willing to get rid of the things that stink up my relationships. I just have to. I have to get rid of them because what we're really saying is this, if we choose not to get rid of them, what we're really saying is, I am a sinner, but I expect you not to be. That's what we do. Hey, it's okay for me to struggle with my trash, but don't point out my trash. You got your own trash. So how does this work out for women? Well, we wanted to share our story with you because it's funny now. It really wasn't funny then. And we didn't want you to bring that expectation to us because we certainly are sinners. And we don't want you to expect that we're not. And we do struggle. Um, but we kind of teased a little bit when we read this passage because it says, Beware the wrath of God is coming. But I said, I think there's a misprint there. I think maybe what they meant to say is, beware, the wrath of woman is coming. Amen. Because women, we, I'm going to pick on myself, but we as women are really good at collecting his faults and our expectations. And we can sort them, and we can stack them, and we can pile them, and we can keep them, while all the while looking at him and expecting him to take care of it. And I just want to show you in my own personal life, kind of using the trash story, hopefully men and women will identify with this, but let's just look at the list. First, I got angry. I expected him to take out the trash. And the first week, that was okay. The second week, I walked by it and kind of thought, hmm, if he really loved me, he would take care of that. The third week was... Um, <clears throat> He doesn't love me, because if he did, he certainly would take out the trash. And then he had the audacity to look at me and ask me when I was going to take out the trash. And there is where I think he talked about my head spinning around on my head. And let's just say we're thankful that Instagram did not exist, um, because there's no proof or documentation that it happened. But... I basically spewed my emotional words all over him, but I kept my hurt, and I stuffed that, and then I withdrew from him. We've all done it. What's wrong? Nothing. Nothing's wrong. Um, right. Or um, I wounded him with my words by pointing out just um, one piece of trash that was his, and then in an effort to justify my expectation... When I got in a room with my friends, I wanted to kind of just bring it up in casual conversation. So, um, who takes the trash out in your house? Um, and invited my friends to kind of slander him with me and talk trash about him. And then we had come to an agreement. So, the only thing that was left for me were filthy words of disrespect and dishonor. Because I had convinced myself that it was his job. And unfortunately, I repeated that cycle not for just the first month, not maybe even for just the first year. But I have to say, over the last 23 years, Sean and I both are a whole lot better at taking out the literal trash and the actual trash of our expectations and our own faults. Because what we both realized is that we had to stop dumping our trash on each other, and we had to be the ones responsible to take it out ourselves. So for a better understanding of how this looks in relationships, watch this video with us.
it's just, there's all this pressure, you know? And sometimes it feels like it's right up on me and I can just feel it, like literally feel it in my head and it's relentless and I don't know if it's gonna stop. I mean, that's the thing that scares me the most is that I don't know if it's ever gonna stop. Yeah. Well, you do have a nail in your head. It is not about the nail. Are you sure? Because, I mean, I'll bet if we got that out of there... Stop trying to fix it. No, I'm not trying to fix it. I'm just pointing out that maybe the nail is causing... You always do this. You always try to fix things when what I really need is for you to just listen. No, see, I don't think that is what you need. I think what you need is to get the nail See, out. you're not even listening now. Okay, fine. I will listen. Fine. It's just... Sometimes it's like there's this achy... I don't know what it is. And I'm not sleeping very well at all. And all my sweaters are snagged. I mean, all of them. That sounds really hard. It is. Thank you. Ow! Oh, come on! Ow. If you would just don't try to see things my way, do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? Oh yeah. Man, I, we have so been there. In fact, I want to make this statement: when it comes to our relationships, we are litter bugs. I mean, we take our trash and we want to dump it on each other. And I want to make this statement today. Don't dump it, burn it. Don't dump it, burn it. I want to, the first point today is this. We will stop talking trash when we take out the trash. So if you have a pencil, write this down. The next point is this. In order to break the cycle, because we're all in this cycle, right? We want to stuff it, deny it, act like mine doesn't stink, yours does. In order to break the cycle, we must be willing to be recycled, recycled. Look at what... Paul says here to this church in verse 9 of chapter 3, he says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. There are two very important thoughts there that Paul gives us that we have got to get when we want to break this cycle. Because Tracy said it best, we broke the cycle. We came to a point where we can realize it's not about the trash. It's not about the nail anymore. It's more about our expectations. And whether sometimes those expectations are right or wrong, if the focus is on our expectations, our relationship doesn't go anywhere. So we have to be willing. We have to be willing to break the cycle to be recycled. But I want to make this thought. Paul says this in verse 9. He says, do not lie to each other. Do not lie to each other. That's a very powerful statement. You know, there's a lot of people that have asked me, does this passage really have anything to do with relationships? I mean, this isn't the traditional marriage verse. You know, the one you hear. You don't hear this passage preached at many uh, marriages, many weddings. But what Paul said is a very profound statement. He said, hey, quit lying to each other. And I, I thought of that in this way. We often lie to each other based on what we want from each other. Have you ever thought about that? We manipulate each other. We will say things to each other 
so that we can get what we want. That's another form of holding on to the trash sometimes of our own expectations. And here's the problem. We're good at lying to each other. Whether we realize it or not, whether it becomes subtle or becomes big, Paul said one of the struggles we have in our relationships with each other is we've just gotten really good at lying to each other. We've learned to manipulate each other. And we lie because we want our expectations to be met. We want our expectations to be met. So I want to make a, a powerful statement to you today, okay? And I want you to think about it for a second. If I can lie to my spouse, I can lie to anyone. If I can lie to my spouse, I can lie to anyone. You say, how do you know that's true? Because you see in marriage, if the two become one, then if you lie to your spouse, then you're really just lying to yourself. I have multiple friends, some in ministry, some not in ministry, who went through situations in their life where they began lying to their spouses. All the while, they had accountability partners around them. They had men in their life and other people in their life that were there to hold them accountable so that they wouldn't fall. But every one of them, there's like three or four in my life personally that I know on a first name basis. Every one of them said, it didn't matter how many accountability groups I went to. It didn't matter how many times I heard a message on how I should, you know, be faithful, all these other things. It really came down to this. The day I could lie to my spouse, I could lie to anyone. And I want to tell you today, that's a very convicting thought. So Paul says, tell each other the truth. Why? Why do we want to tell each other the truth? It's found in the second part of that verse. And having put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge in the image of its creator. Paul talks about this. The reason that we shouldn't lie to each other is because we are being renewed into the correct image. In other words, God is trying to render out our expectations. He's trying to bring us to a new place where we no longer want just our own expectations, we want what God says about us. And there's a whole different deal there. The word renewed means to be made new again. I can be made new again. We need to throw away our old selves and get the right picture about ourselves. It's not as if God doesn't know we have sin in our life. He knows. He sees the trash. But God has a way of taking our trash and when we throw it away takes us and transforms us to be new again it's kind of like this how many of you guys have ever heard your wife say does this look good on me do these jeans make me look fat which earrings do you like these or these and as a male, you have two responses. A, I'm confused. They look the same. And B, <laughs> I have a preference. Paul was saying quit lying to each other because the goal is to quit looking at your needs and your wants and start seeing yourself into your true image. So here's the thought. When we come to this mirror, we look into our life and we look at each other. And many times when we look into the mirror, what we see are our own expectations. This is what I want from you. 
And as long as you can meet what I want from you, because this is what I need, this is me, this is myself. Paul said, no, 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 you can't think that way anymore. Forget your old self. It's contaminated. <laughs> You're trashy. Some of us, we love our relationships on the trashy side. He said, take, take it out, get rid of it, burn it, don't dump it. And why? Quit telling each other a lie because you have a brand new image. Here's the problem. Most of us still look into the mirror of our life and we see our own expectations instead of seeing Jesus in us. You're not going to get this at a relationship seminar. You know why? Because they would rather sell you a book on 20 ways you can make your marriage better. God says your relationships become different when you begin to be renewed. You break the cycle when you become recycled. And the way you become recycled is you look into the true image of your creator and you become more like him. Well, Sean, that sounds very spiritual. Well, let me ask you a question. The world is trying every other way to figure it out, and they're failing. I think it's time as Christ followers we do what God says, and we watch it work. He says you're being renewed into your image. The key is this. It begins by us telling ourselves the truth about who we are in Christ. We have a new image and it's being rendered into the image of our creator. Look at this. You cannot tell each other the truth until you first tell yourself the truth. That's a struggle for some of us. You no longer see your needs or your expectations. Instead, you see your new image and it looks more like Jesus and less like you. You will break the cycle when you choose to be recycled. See yourself the way God sees you. So it brings this thought. We are not in marriage for us to complete or perfect each other, but for Christ to complete and perfect us. Wow. That's a totally different thought. Do you have a pen? I want you to write down this third thing, and then we'll close today. In Christ, it's no longer about being different. It's about being one. You see, our new self allows us to look past each other's differences in order to become one. How do you know this? Look at what Paul says, Colossians 3, verse 11. He's talking about this idea of being renewed into the image, seeing yourself the way God sees you, because that's how you get a new set of expectations. And then he says, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, Barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is, is, in, is all and is in all. Now imagine Paul walking around. Back in those days, it was a big deal if you were circumcised or uncircumcised. Now that's a very awkward conversation to have that makes people divide in their relationships. But back in those days, it was a big deal. So are you circumcised or uncircumcised? Awkward. <laughs> are you a barbarian or a Scythian? Can I tell you what? We do the same thing in our relationships. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? Are you thinking like a girl? Or are you thinking like a guy? Here's the problem with that. If we focus on how different we are, we tend to believe that one of us is defective. Paul said, don't do that anymore. You have a corrected image. God's rendering you into his image 
And the one way you're going to get rid of those old expectations and take out the trash is to realize what unites you, not how different you are. Not how different from you are. I mean, it turns out maybe we were wrong by saying, men, you're from Venus and women, you're from Mars. I don't know. But here's what happens. Our new self allows us to look past our differences in order to become one. Not our natural self. As long as I keep going over to this image and looking at my needs, I'm always going to be disappointed. But Paul said, when you come over here and you see your new self in Christ, you've got a whole different set of expectations for your relationships. It's no longer about our differences. It's about what unites us and about what makes us one. Father in heaven, I thank you today that you have allowed us to break the cycle of all the dumping, of all the trash, of all the things that we bring into our relationships. Because you've given us a new image. Paul says, because I have this new image that I can let go of my old self. That I don't have to focus on how I'm different or how I'm alike or how this or that. And I can't blame it on a personality and I can't blame it on a, 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 anything else. But Lord, I just wonder how different our relationships and our marriages would look if we would quit focusing on our differences and realize that Jesus, you're the one thing that can bring us together. Lord, there's a lot of hurt in this room today. Lord, between both of these campuses today, there are people that are deeply wounded by the trash that's been dumped on them. Someone has come to them in their life and has poured their trash on them and said, here, clean up my mess. And God, I pray for that person today. I pray that they would find healing in the new image that they have in you. They're not the product of someone else's trash. They're the product of a God who's refashioning and recycling their life to see themselves in a new way. Lord, I thank you for what you wanna do in this room. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed today at all of our campuses, I wanna tell you that today, the greatest thing that could happen to you is not that you find six new ways to make it work. The greatest thing that could happen to you is that you begin a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, and allow him to come in and transform your life. Because until you have this new image being rendered in you, you're gonna wonder why your relationships always seem to lack. You see, if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as Savior and Lord, right here, right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I wanna give you that opportunity. If that's you today, would you pray this prayer silently with me? Just say, dear God, thank you for bringing me to this place so that I can know about you. God, I thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. And today, I invite him into my life to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to save me. Lord, I give you the control of my life. Would you change me 
into the image that you want me to become. Jesus, I give you my life today. Thank you for saving me. With every head bowed and every eye closed over both of our campuses, I wanna ask you today, if for the very first time you prayed that prayer with me and you invited Christ to come into your life for forgiveness, to be set free. I mean, we prayed and sang that earlier. It's power in the name of Jesus. It's not in ourselves. It's through a relationship with him. If today for the very first time you made that decision, would you just slip your hand up all over our campuses today? Just hold it up high. Today, Sean, I made that decision to trust Christ as Savior and Lord, and I totally gave him my life today. Just hold your hand up. I wanna tell you today, there's a group of you here, and God wants to say to you, it's time to take out the trash. It's time to quit letting the things in your life that, that are starting to pile up and stink and the idea that you can dump that on someone else and it's someone else's responsibility. Listen, Jesus died so that you wouldn't have to live with all your trash. And he wants you today to come to him in your relationship and totally trust him and say, Lord, I've got all this stuff. Everything on that list, I've got like almost all those in my life. And, and I realize that I can't be the person I need to be to the person I'm in relationship with until I get rid of it. Father in heaven, I thank you today that as people leave our campuses today, they're gonna have the opportunity not to dump their trash on someone else, but they're gonna have the opportunity to get rid of it, to throw it away. They're gonna break the cycle today. They're gonna allow you to recycle them. If you're here this morning and you would confess to me, Sean, there are things in my life that I need to get rid of and I need to be renewed in the image of my creator. I need to see myself not through my expectations anymore, I need to see myself through the mirror of who Jesus says I am when I look in it. If that's you today, would you slip up your hand? All over our campuses, amen. Thank you for your honesty. Be honest, just tell somebody. Raise your hand high and say, that is me. It is time for me to get rid of some stuff so that I can experience the new image that is being rendered in my life. It's Jesus in me. Father, I thank you today for those who at this very moment acknowledged surrender. Lord, I surrender that to you. God, I have my hand raised. There are things in my life that every day I need to surrender to you so that Jesus, you can get the glory. And so Father, thank you for what you're teaching us. I pray that this word will continue to grow deep in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.